All right, well, welcome. So we're back to first weeks and first Fridays in the month. And uh, so let's open this up with the opening. If Baki, if you could lead us in Fatiha, please. Alhamdulillah. From the heart of a Radina Jirahi, Al Fatiha, Allah, Sali Allah, Zaydina Muhammad, Bissilai Rahman Rahim. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alamin, Rahman, Rahim, Malik, Yomi, Din, Yakan Nabudu, Yakan Estahin, and Dina Sarata Mustakim, Sarata Radina, Hamtarayim, Gayo Makudubi Alahim, Varadarin. Amen. Okay. Thank you. All right. So so our format will be a bit different now. So I think just everyone hold on. We'll see how it works. <laughs> um, so um, and we could if we could have Klaus read the, the top up there and then the poem. Every religion has its characteristic. And the characteristic of Islam is Haya. Yes, indeed, Haya is the key to a door entering on God. And indeed, my secret heart toward this opening is an opener. So if you open, you will see a light with which who illuminates a face. So beautiful, above this face, the light, intensely apparent. And it is as eager in the light blocking of the night. If your two eyes view his image, a lit dawn and a lit lamp. Thank you. Yes, we often in the last few weeks, when we've been doing readings um, and I've been talking to people, we realize that the way to understand what's happening, what we're getting counseled with, is this haya and humility. Um, my mother gave the translation self-effacement, and it's it's the also an embarrassment. If I put myself forward and I try to go in front of the queue, in front of the line, and try to be first, then and someone looks at me and says, who do you think you are? Then I get haya, I get embarrassment. And haya is that feeling that I'm not special, um, I'm with everyone else, and everyone else has the same rights that I have. And that is the key to understanding what it is to be human and what it is to be the creation. And so while we search and, and dive into these areas, we keep this idea of it, I want to learn what is it to be human and what is the humanity. And humanity is a alphabet. The alpha comes and the ba is us. We're the bet, we're the ba, and the alpha is what invigorates us, gives us life, gives us being. And so in calligraphy, the B, that first stroke there, the ba with the dot under it, that first stroke is elongated because it's reminding us that inside this ba, which is our bodies, which is our boat, 
which is our ark, is the Aleph, which is driving us and making us and giving us being. And so this Ba begins the Bismillah, Bismillah Rahman Rahim. It is the ark which takes creation on the journey of creation, enlivened by the Aleph, which is hidden inside. And so this is our ark. It's our body, it's humanity, it's creation. And I'll ask uh, Salah if he could uh, recite that for us. So thank you from one of those verses. But we bore him on an ark made of broad planks and caulked with palm fiber. She floats under our eyes and care, a recompense to one who had been rejected, hufira, so covered. And we have left this as a sign. Then is there any that will remember with dhikr? So rejected here is also kufra covered. So we are covered. We have a body which covers who we are, which covers our self. And that self is the hidden part of the Aleph and Be, the alphabet. And so we are covering up that uh, Aleph, which is hidden inside of us. And this is a sign to us to, for anyone who does dhikr, who can remember God. And the remembrance here is also this fahal men madhakirin. And is there someone who is remembering and remembering with dhikr? So the dot under the ba, so if you look at that elongated stroke for the ba, and there's a dot under there, the dot, as we've been told by Ibn Arabi, we see the dot and then we shift our gaze and we realize that we're looking down on a stick or on a lance or on a spear that's stuck in the ground. So when we look at that sphere, that spear that's stuck in the ground from the top, we see just a dot. When we change our focus, we see that that's a spear or a stick. And that's, of course, the Aleph. And the Aleph then, when we change its perspective, we realize that it is a circle. So if you have a hula hoop and you put it straight in front of you, you see a straight line. But when you take that hula hoop and rotate it somewhat, you see you have a circle. And when you look straight on at a ball, at a sphere, you see a circle. But when you rotate and get depth, you realize that it's a sphere. 
So what is looks like a circle from one perspective is actually a sphere that keeps going around. So dot to line, line to circle, circle to sphere. And when you look face on at a hypersphere, you see that it is a sphere. And then when it rotates, you realize it's another sphere and another sphere and another sphere. So we've gone then from dot to line, to a circle, to sphere, to hypersphere. Okay. And this dot then is a reminder that this, all of this is happening in us in every moment as we embark on this arc, the reminder. And the reminder that came to Indonesia and that in those areas uh, from the Walisango, from the friends, the inheritors, when they came, they brought something called batik, which is the ba titak, and it's the dot of the ba. So the very fabric and design of batik, uh, I learned this just a few weeks ago uh, from a nervous sister in, in Holland, and she told me that this is the remembrance, that this is what they brought to us to remember that we are on this arc and that the dot of the ba is what is moving this arc. So batik itself, to wear batik itself, is to remember this process in this arc. And to stay in the same part of the world uh, with the Wayankulet, with the shadow play, we, uh, we're, we're watching the light that goes to the puppet and the light that's cast from the puppet onto the shadow. Now let's make sure. And uh, we have Omar to uh, recite for us about the children of Adam. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wa laqad karramna bani Adam wa hamalnahum fi al-bahri وحملناهم في البر والبحر ورزقناهم من الطيبات وفضلناهم على كثيرا مما خلقنا تفضيلا صدق الله العظيم We have honored the children of Adam We carry them on the land and the sea and have made provision of good things for them and have preferred them above many of those whom we created with a marked preferment. Okay. So we have the we have honored the children of Adam, carried them across land and sea. So that is we've put them in the alphabet, in the the bark, in the embarking on the ark. We put them on to their journey. And in that journey, there is a excellence, uh, and there is a excellence, comparative excellence, some higher than others. And so the puppets here are getting lit by one light. And this is Tuska Bilmail Wahid. They are all irrigated and brought water from the same one. And irrigation here is the, is the word Saki, who is the wine bearer, and Asakea, which is the irrigation channel, canal. And the Asekia here in northern New Mexico, Asekia, the one that brings the water. And so they are all brought the same water from one source. That's the light that touches the, the, the puppet and then gets cast onto the screen. 
The puppets themselves, the figures of the puppets, are of one equal Jemkor, Jauhar. They are equal in their in their value. And so Ibn Arabi tells us the first intellects, Jauhar, his the gem core of the first intellect and of a worm is exactly the same. They're of the same value. It's when they get cast onto the projection screen that each one has a different value, has a different excellence, has a different position. And so we have honored the children of Adam and given them a a higher position and then of among the children of Adam there are ones that are having different positions so the positioning uh, is what is comes from the projection screen but the puppets themselves are all equal in excellence and that's how we can also say that you are the most tremendous name of God because all of these puppets which are the vehicle or the arc for the projection screen are all of the same water. And this is uh, in the Allahi number 20 of Baki, if you could sing that for us. <laughs> of mercy has flooded the world. Streams merging the ocean of Oh. 
His way was a servant of truth. Era They sold we share the mystic throne. Sacred of the messenger of unity. Okay, thank you. Now we're and when you when we hear music and we know we're on the ocean, um, the ocean and the waves are coming towards us and we're plowing through the waves with this arc, the way the waves come to us uh, is are different and we receive them differently. So that's how lullabies can work. That's how singing is different from prose, is different from poetry. It's how we are receiving what's coming towards us. And Ibn Arabi says that the true Huck has nine orbits for meeting and humanities has nine orbits for being met and extending out from each reality of the true nine are vibrating rays to the creation nine. And from the creation nine, rays bend in affection to the real nine, the Huck nine. When they meet, the angel is the meeting itself. Here something happens, and that something extra which newly happens is the angel. The angels come in one way, and if we receive them with a fixed place, they return in the opposite way. If they come in this way and then we are flexible and go up with them, they go back the way they came. So they have two ways of coming in and there are a third way of how they return. So this is uh, the, Ibn Arabi gives us three different images for these waves. They are inverse and they are lateral and they are direct. Um, and so this is as well the the way to understand the complex plane how numbers can be uh, not just in a number line but a number plane so let's look at that okay um are we back on okay okay good yeah we'll, we'll probably be having some some issues as we go so we'll uh, i've asked uh i've asked klaus here to read uh this is uh from gauss my father used to tell me stories about gauss's childhood in school uh brilliant genius uh gauss and so we'll hear that from klaus right now Plus eins, minus eins, Wurzel aus minus eins, nicht positiv, negative, imaginäre oder gar unmögliche Einheit, 
sondern etwa direkte, inverse, laterale Einheit genannt, so hätte von einer solchen Dunkelheit kaum die Rede sein können. Wonderful. And so when I came across Ibn Arabi's three waves, how the three waves come, and this is all of us, we're receiving uh, with inverse, we're receiving laterally, and we're receiving directly. Uh, and then when I saw that that it was how Gauss understood complex numbers, I said, now we're on to something is fascinating. And this the way that we receive with our ark the way we receive these angels which are the meeting place those uh are meetings that take place in meter with some kind of rhythm with some kind of measure and if not we had an amazing dream that it will like to look at in full at some point but until then uh let's listen to the the poem that he heard in his dream and at the same time, I'll try to put up a um, a visual for this this here. And so, Jana, if when you translate, uh, when you read this, could you read the poem perhaps uh, three, two or three times? And I'll try to get this um, the the visual that will help us see what's happening with all of this. And uh, just okay, so let's see if I can get this um working here what i'll need to do is add this share there we go okay so uh we've got the poem here and i'll start the visual and then if uh donna could then help us with uh this poem الحمد لله الذي جعل قرآنه وفرقانه وتوراته وإنجيله وزبورا رقوم هذا الكتاب المكنون وسطورا وأودعه كل آية في الكتب وسورا وأظهره في الوجود في أحسن صورة وجعل أعلامه في العالم العلوي والسفلي مشهورا وآياته غير متناهية ولا محصورة وكلماته بكل لسان في كل زمان وغير زمان مذكورة. One more time, it's so nice. Yes, please. <laughs> الحمد لله الذي جعل قرآنه وفرقانه وتوراته وإنجيله وزبورة. رقوم هذا الكتاب المكنون وسطورا وأودعه كل آية في الكتب وسورا وأظهره في الوجود في أحسن صورة وجعل أعلامه في العالم العلوي والسفلي مشهورا وآياته غير متناهية ولا محصورة all praise okay, one second 
okay. All praise belongs to God who made his Quran and his criterion and his Torah and his Injil and his Zabur, making inscriptions in his hidden book and his written lines. So in it, he placed every verse in the books and his enclosures, and he brought it, and he brought it into being in the most beautiful of his images. And he made his signs in the cosmos, both upper and lower, to be his celebrated place. And his verses have no end point, and they are not his fans in enclosure. And his words in every language, in every time, and apart from time, are his dhikr celebrated. It was this way with this raw rhyming pattern until its last, if it had a last, in, in handwriting like troopers. So this was this is the the dream that he had, the verses that come to him, and they said that the Ra was there in all of the patterns, all the way to its last, if it had a last. And so this is the arc in the never-ending wave. Beautiful. And so now we will. I want to, we want to look at the at the hypersphere, and let's see if I can bring that up now for us. And here we go. Yeah. So uh, so I'm going to go ahead and and read and recite the the first uh, four verses. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سبحان الذي أسرى بعبده ليلا من المسجد الحرام إلى المسجد الأقصى الذي باركنا حوله لنريه من آياتنا إنه هو السميع البصير وآتينا موسى الكتاب وجعلناه هدى لبني إسرائيل ألا تتخذوا من دوني وكيلا ذرية من حملنا مع نوح إنه كان عبدا شكورا وقضينا إلى بني إسرائيل في الكتاب لتفسدنا في الأرض مرتين ولتعلنا علوا كبيرا صدق الله العظيم Glorified be he who carried his servant by night from the inviolable place of worship to the far distant place of worship, the neighborhood of which we have blessed, that we might show him of our tokens. Lo, he, only he, is the hearer, the seer. We gave Moses the book and made it a guide to the children of Israel, commanding, Take not other than me as dispenser of your affairs. They were the seed of those whom we carried in the ship, along with Noah. Verily, he was a grateful slave. And we gave clear warning to the children of Israel in the book that twice would they do mischief on the earth and be elated with mighty arrogance, and twice would they be punished.
you're you're on mute. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, those that we carried in the ark or in the ship with Noah. So we 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 have that again. So let's look at this world that we are in, and which we don't necessarily see all of it all the time. And the reason we can't see all of it all the time is because we're in a sense stuck in three in three dimensions. But when, this might be choppy. But when we look at this, uh, Ibn Arabi has this uh, in chapter eight. He talks about uh, the vast earth, and in this vast earth, the greatness of God appears, and His measure is magnified upon witnessing her. Many logical impossibilities against which sound intellectual proof arises to declare them impossible actually exist in this earth. She is a pasture for the eyes of the Arafun who recognize God, the ones who know God, and in her they roam. God has created amidst all her worlds, worlds in our image. When the Arif sees them, one sees oneself in them. Something like that was alluded to by Ibn Abbas in what he reported from him in a hadith about this Kaaba that she is one of 14 houses, and that in each one of the seven earths there is a creation like us, up to their being in them, and Ibn Abbas just like me. So we take sphere one, earth one, earth two, then earth three, earth four, earth five, Earth six, Earth seven. So uh, these are the Earths that Ibn, Ibn Abbas saw himself in each one of them. So where is the idea of distance here? It's very interesting when you get in here, all of these places are equidistance, are a single unit away. And this is how we say every breath is a path to Allah, that every breath is one unit away from Allah. It is just as he said, then he approached and drew nigh at the distance of two both lengths or nearer. This was during his ascension into the skies in order to see some of his signs. So he drew nigh suspended. So here uh, the verb dala is intensified to dalla. This is an strengthening is a notification to us that the fact that he is exactly the rope cited above in the report. It is an indication that the correlation of acclivity going up and declivity going down is the same for him. He combines the report of the one of the whale, so Jonah in the, in the belly of the whale, and the one of the night ascension, the Isra, Muhammad Neither one of the two is nearer to the true than the other. This is an allusion to the fact that there is no volume, there's no three-dimensional space, and that the zat is unknowable, not shackled, not designated. So one of his signs, that is in order that we might show him some of our signs, which he showed him on the night of his ascension, is that he drew near by descending suspended during the state of his ascension. This is exactly what Abdu Sayyid al-Kharaz alluded to in his statement. I recognize God only by his combining two opposites, 
Then he recited, who is the first, the last, the visible, the invisible. So he is his who in the combined whole in a single state. No, who is exactly the two opposites. So if not for you, there would be no drawing near and no descending nigh by suspension. There is no drawing near and no descending nigh and no ascending and no lowering. If you look closely, you will see this as something verifiable. These are all lines. So these are all lines which are the same distance. There is no distance and there is no far. Now there is a Hausdorff dimension where distance from A to B is not the same from B to A. So while the, while the distance between Allah and the puppets is one, the distance in the projected screen can be different. So we can be very far from Allah from our perspective, from the perspective of the projection. But from the projector's perspective, all are of equal distance. Okay, let me pull this next one up. Um, I have to find this now. <laughs> okay. Sorry, this will take just a minute. So this movement is can be translational, rotational, vibrational. And so Ibn Arabi is saying that translational movement, you know, that's just our illusion that we think there is space. And so there's distance. Rotational movement that's there. Those are the orbits. Vibrational, when something is in its place and it vibrates and it moves. So be amazed at emotion and stillness itself. The vacuum has been filled. So the universe is still in its vacuum. And motion can only be in a vacuum, this motion of the organic bodies. And the vacuum is the full vessel, so it does not accept any addition. You see, it has no wear. So let's look at the, uh, let's go ahead and, and I'll show this in just a second. And the world, all of him, all of the world in his entirety, is an everlasting alighting place. Make sure I've got everything. Seeking the center, and the search is determinate, and his center is that which is a Pharisee's fixed flush against. So our center is right here, which we are flush against. And our search is to be where exactly where we already are, the movement of searching. And his center is that which stays flush against. And after that, there is no search, and there is none. So after we have seen that we are in the center, there is no more search. Thus, the world's descent into seeking is continuous, lasting, and it is expressed as a search for the true. So this is the falling in, ever going deeper, falling in, searching, going towards the center, falling towards the center. That is the search for the true. So the true is his matlub, the goal, the object we're seeking, and this search affects in the world, the tajalli, which comes to the world. 
passionate for the center. So the world seeks who with a passionate movement. So this falling into love, falling into the center, falling toward what we're seeking is the motion of, of, of reality. And this motion is not a translational one. It doesn't go from A to B. It's something else. It, there is no space, but there is this sensation of falling in. So let's go ahead and look at when I was trying to figure out more about, let's see, how, how Ibn Arabi is talking about this place with no space and what that could possibly mean. Um, I kept coming across something called you know, fractals and fractals are, we're, it's one picture which we fall into and we get deeper and deeper in, and we see things. Now, remember, this is one picture, whereas the reality is that every moment there is a new picture. But this is a way for us to understand these for a while. So let's go ahead and look at this. And this, I think, will definitely be choppy, but I think you'll get the point uh, that we're the, we are falling ever into our center. And this falling into the center, this falling in love, this sensation is the passionate movement of creation. So without going from A to B, we're falling in and falling in. And so every moment is our falling into the place that we are actually flush against. And if you can see that in a non-choppy version, uh, have a look at it later on. It's just, they're quite amazing. It is this way with the rest of the moving things. In fact, their movement is the motion of love and passion, nothing but this being true. Who is there who does not passionately yearn for this tajalli when the radiant brilliance is described as being Jamal? And the Jamal is a site of passionate desire for itself. The Jamal is desired for itself. And if not for who, radiating brilliantly in the image of the Jamal, the universe would not emerge visibly. Thus, the departure of the universe into being is by means of that passion. So the root of his motion is based on passion, and the state lasts and lasts. So the movement of the universe is perpetual, having no end. And if there were a matter that end up, the end point would be there and there would be no universe. The matter is otherwise. No, the people and most of the creation are unaware of the moving of the universe because the universe in all of him is something moving and stirring. So the visible arrangement of far and near remains in its state. So there's movement, but no one's getting closer or farther. Because of this visible arrangement, People think that the earth is still, 
around its center. And to the, these, the angels at this meeting, you can call them spinors or quaternion multiplication, which we can look at. And so we just have to show this, this one. Uh, let me see if I can give that to you. And even though it's a, it will be, it's a bit wild to try to understand these things. I don't understand them, but I'll try. Uh, this, so the knowing of the enabled being is an ocean of knowledge, vast, with immense waves in which ships sink, and it is an ocean having no shore, only his two sides. We've talked about the shish kebab of life, the line of origin. So let's have a look at that in just a minute. See if I can bring that up. And I, and I think we'll try to hear this one as well, because uh, this person gives a very helpful understanding of how this all works. Okay. The number negative one is sitting off at the point at infinity. Okay. Uh, is the sound coming on that one? Okay, good. Which you can easily find by walking in any direction. Keep in mind, even though we see the projection of some of these quaternions as being closer or farther from the origin of our 3D space, everything you're looking at represents a unit quaternion. So everything you're looking at really has the same magnitude, the same distance from the number zero. And that number zero itself same is magnitude. nowhere to be found in this picture. Like all other non-unit quaternions, it's invisible to us. There is no zero. Or there is no visible zero. In the same way that for Felix, the circle passing through one I, negative one, and negative I got projected into a line through the origin. When we see this line through the origin passing through I and negative I, we should understand that it really represents a circle. Likewise, up on the hypersphere, invisible to us, there is a unit sphere passing through one I, J, negative one, negative I, and negative J. And that whole sphere gets projected into the plane that we see passing through one I, negative I, J, negative J, and negative one, off at infinity, what you and I might call the XY plane. In general, any plane that you see here really represents the projection of a sphere somewhere up on the hypersphere which passes through the number negative one. So, so that's the explanation. That's one explanation of the mathematics of it. And uh, let's go ahead. Ibn Arabi has so much more accessible way, and he's going to tell us the same story uh, in a very much more beautiful way. And here we go with the Lama Leaf. And if Klaus can read that for us, we'll take it from there. The neck embrace of the Aleph, utterly intimate and the lamb, like two lovers, floating through the years like a dream. The leg swirls around the leg, which becomes mighty. And there came to me from the two wrapped and wind a sign, the pulsing heart, as his meaning is in his embrace. 
there appears to him a bringing out to being and an annihilation. Okay. So this is that entwining of the Aleph and the Lam. It's the way the arc moves. It's a movement which is not translational. It's not from A to B. It's a movement of passion, which is ever falling in love, falling into the circle. And what happens when we arrive here is that all of our, the 360 all degree, we see everything. We see all around us. And we don't just see some from the beginning, from the front. Remember, we had a dot. We changed our perspective. We saw the Aleph line. We changed our perspective. We saw the circle. We changed our perspective. We saw the sphere. We changed our perspective. We saw the hypersphere, which is spheres from different facets. And so we are three-dimensional shadows of a higher-dimensional reality. And these higher dimensional realities, our puppets, are projecting into this screen in three dimensions, not flat, but in three dimensions. And so when I look at you and you look at me, we are only seeing a facet of who we are, and we're only seeing one of who we are. So when this spread of universal uh, circle, this seeing from all sides, so when we see uh, the hula hoop at the side, then we see the circle, then we see it's a sphere. So if you could see a sphere from all angles, then you would know that you're seeing the shadow projection of a hypersphere. So when this tajeli spreads universally over all the directions, given that who is encompassing everything, so from this center that we're all tumbling into is encompassing everything. The heart spreads universally with the heart's faces over whatever appears to him, the heart, from the true in every direction. Then the heart becomes light, all of him. This is where the slave said, you did that, O Lord. And he addresses him and said, you. It is just as the integrative, integrated slave, Jesus said, it is you. You are the watchful. The, the pronoun is inside the you. So I am a tr buried treasure concealed in you. So when Jesus, the integrated slave says you, that's speaking from inside saying you. And uh, this is the the opposites, the the night, which is brilliant. And so the the lit lamp and the and the lit dawn, these are these opposites that are coming up. And so this is, I am a treasure buried, concealed inside of you. And so inside is, so we're not looking at, there's no God outside. It's what's inside. The reality, the hub is inside. And so you are the one who watches means the me that is me inside. And when Muhammad said, I do not know what is in myself, only you do, meaning I do not know who, the who, who is in myself. I do not know the Allah, the who, who is in myself, only you do, because you are the treasure buried and concealed inside me. 
So, uh, and we're having Elahi for this the night, brilliant darkness. Night, brilliant darkness, black silk over doors to essence open dreams descending night rims with secrets timeless before radiance doors to Mercy open spirit descending gentle power spreading everywhere heal restore resurrect hi hi night of power thank you so this arc that we are in the arcs are the subject and the enunciative the predicate is the aleph it's what these arcs are doing and so the inchoate or the inchoative or the subject if not for the enunciative the predicate would provide no benefit. There's no good to have a subject without a predicate. Bringing forth a subject with no predicate would be in vain. So a sentence requires the subject and the predicate. And so because we are subjects, we will always know we will be predicated because there is no subjects just hanging around being useless. <laughs> Here one recognizes his word. Do you think that he created you in vain? So grammatically, this is, do you think you were made subjects that wouldn't get a predicate <laughs> and his word? And we did not create the sky and the earth and whatever is between them without purpose. The purpose is to, for them to be predicated. And so we are predicated. When we see that the sphere that we're looking at is actually the hypersphere and we see from all angles, we see that it is a sphere. And of course, this is what we, this is not something that we conventionally have. When we look at a sphere, we just see the circle. But what if we actually saw instead of a circle and a sphere from all angles, then we would know that we're watching the shadow of a hypersphere. This happened to Ibn Arabi. Uh, when I was entered the prayer niche, I was reduced in my entire being to a single entity. And I saw from my every direction as if I was seeing my Qibla in front of me. So a version of this is the, the frontispiece or the first uh, page, the illustrated page in volume four. So be ready for volume four. This would be the page that we'll look at. So, um, and now we can have this beautiful poem if, that is, Ibn Arabi will say these things in a very beautifully direct way. So, Klaus, if you could read us this long poem. So if not for the manifestation of the true, there is no human being. And if not for the inwardness of the true, no demonstrable evidence would arise.
there is then nothing but a necessary and another necessary. If you do not know the matter, there's after all no merely possible. So there is no more perfect completeness in existence than the entity of his thought. And this is the one who's called, when in existence, humanity. And there, after all, no intended goal except him, because he is who, the true. Do not let an eternal abode, Jannat the garden, veil you, or a hellfire of Jahannam. Indeed, the one who made you appear is more knowledgeable of the fact that he has wrath, he makes appear one time and is well pleased another time. Therefore, there are two abodes, an abode of generosity and an abode of torment. In there, a distinction clear for the intelligent. This which we are bringing forth in our words is true. If you reflect on that, in which there is bewilderment. And how would you not recognize this in the soul itself of what I'm articulating and being the dragoman for? You have learned that the true is assisting me with whatever my mouth opens to utter by him, from him, in whatever I write down in note form. The spirits never cease descending to me forever and ever, and they delight in me, so they seek me out. And this is where we have an entity made intensely complete, thereby one sees himself, the one who is witnessing me. This is why my cherisher brought me into being and singled me out specially. Thus, everything in me is from him, in the place he made me found. Look closely at me. You will see in me, you will see in my image something strange. In every state God, the true, renders me fortunate, aided. When I rise in aspiration by a matter not opposable, no matter, I find a divine in it assisting me. All with an intellect see my cherisher declaring himself one and the true where he sees me. By me, he declares me one. God knows what is in the unseen, the strange wonders. And in the union to him, the true makes me so singular. Thank you. So let's take a moment. Uh, I'll just read that one, the third verse there. So there is no more perfect completeness in existence than the entity of his that. And this is the one who is called, when in existence, humanity.
So alhamdulillah, thank you. Wonderful. So this is a different format. It's it's much more intense for us over here, I think. And so uh, once a month sounds good. <laughs> so. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Um, so the first question, um, Imam Ali alayhi salam said that he is the dot under the ba. How do you understand that statement? Yeah, this is beautiful. And so, of course, we've, the story is told with Shipley, he says, I am the dot. And then Abu Madian, Ibn Arabi's teacher, said, I am the dot under the ba. What that is, that those who know who the dot is, um, they then are the dot. Uh, and so they're speaking that I am this Aleph, which is hidden inside the ba. So they speak, they speak from the Aleph, which is inside them. So I am a buried treasure concealed in you. So those who are the dots who know them, who know who they are, they are the ones who know that when I speak, it's not the limited me, it's the I of reality who speaks. And so those who know that are the dots under this arc. Do we travel to 14 Kabas or are there 14 of each of us and in other dimensions. Yeah, so the Kaaba and then above the Kaaba is the is the populated house. So they're they're almost like a pair. So the 14 Kaaba mean the 14 special houses in seven worlds. So seven times two, 14. And this populous house is the place where 70,000 angels are coming out to each individual. So 70,000 angels to each individual averaging an angel a second. Um, and so when they're coming to you quickly and you are absorbing them quickly, or they come to you slowly and you absorb them slowly, if you are rigid, they bounce back and go back the way they came. If you are flexible, they come back in the same loop uh, waveform that they came to you in. And so these are these waves, uh, they determine our our emotions and our spiritual being, our, our feeling, our experience. That's that's the determinant. The meeting place of the Huck and us is the angel. The angel is created at that meeting place. And so uh, that creation of the meeting place then is from the populated house, which is already inside us. And so we are falling into that center in a meeting, which isn't going from A to B, but, but which is falling in love. And so the in is the is the key there. And uh, so we are there right now in all those places. Now, this is something I uh, will want to explore, and I've been exploring it, and I'm enjoying and very much asking other people to tell me about dreams and their experiences. Um, I've, I've been able to, I see that this dream world uh, has an influence here, and that this has an influence there. And so if we think about that, Ibn Arabi talks about when you, something that is in the physical world that you're sleeping in, uh, like the alarm clock goes off, Ibn Arabi uses other examples, the alarm clock goes off in your dream, the alarm clock goes off and you hear this sound. 
Uh, and it works the other way around too. And Ibn Arabi talks about that as the wet dream, that something happens here and men and women who are sleeping, something happens to them here. And so that connection between the dream worlds and the, and the seven worlds and the 14 worlds and the 10 worlds and the countless universes, uh, that I, I've, I have some, I feel, okay, I understand that. I can see that or feel that. But how the consciousness works, that's what I'm, I'd like to hear more from you all. And that is that when you are dreaming, do you see yourself also as a being sleeping down here? Um, and so when you're in Earth 4, are you conscious that you're also in Earth 7? And that one, we're open to that. Ibn Abbas said that he could look into those worlds and see himself in each one of those. Um, and I, I, for me, the consciousness is in one world, but not in any of the others. So it makes me feel like, so what is my self number four up to right now? So, but it's something that's happening all the time, simultaneously, the way that when we looked at that hypersphere, we saw sphere number one came out, and then sphere number two came out, then sphere number three came out. And what that means is that those spheres are already in that one hypersphere, but we can't see it unless we shift our focus. So consciousness is the shifting of focus to one of these multiple facets of who we are. So the and and Omar has been using that idea of focusing attention. When Huck focuses attention, things become real. Um, and so this hypersphere, this that we're falling into, uh, we are, when we focus on it, something becomes real. But those other things are there also at the same time. So this is an ongoing experiment. Do <laughs> um, I have a request to share the poem that Klaus read? Yeah, um, yeah I can uh, put, uh, go ahead and put your name on chat and I'll go ahead and, and, and put that out on PDF. Yeah. Good. Yeah, so it's an amazing poem. Could you please say more about Haya and how it relates to the rest of the Dars? Yeah, it, so years ago, I guess when I first started looking, trying to understand Ibn Arabi chapter one, uh, and then chapter two, which was even longer in time, I started writing ideas that I've been getting for the, the Journal of the Mohidin Ibn Arabi Society about time and space. And I was looking at reading Julian Barbour, who is in outside Oxford, and his idea that there is no time, that this is a one space. Um, and that, well, and that because there is no time, there's actually no space either. There's no place you go from and to. And Ibn Arabi says, if anyone who wants to argue for motion, that is something is here, and it goes over to here, they'll have a very difficult time. We Something is here, and now something is there. Um, that's uh, this Zeno's, Zeno's paradox, is that there is no movement. Uh, and so Julian Barbour says, so the arrow that you shoot is not the same arrow that hits the target. That each one is a truth, is a new creation. And so uh, I began to look more and more into math and physics. And the thing about mathematics, and I just sort of, it dawned on me recently, that mathematics is, is everything that happens in math, you know, it has a name attached to it, has some 
white male's name attached to it. So the Hausdorff dimension, they don't describe what the Hausdorff dimension is. They say Felix Hausdorff. And you say, what about the limit of the event horizon when you come to a null surface? Oh, that's called the Birkenbaum or whatever. Everything has a name to it, um, except, except for my favorite, which is William Kingdon Clifford. They call it Clifford algebra, but he called it geometric al algebra. So don't put my name on it. And so mathematics and physics, it is this Cartesian grid where you have, I'm in the middle, I'm in zero, zero, I'm right here. And that, that says that I'm the one who's going to find out what this universe is, and I'm gonna know everything about it. So it's a very objective and arrogant position. It's, it's, it's objective saying that I can stand outside and tell you who God is. I can stand outside the universe and tell you what the universe is. And all of the beautiful advances in mathematics and physics come when they drop the background idea, the idea there is no background. And there is no background that you can stand on and say, this is the universe because you are in the universe. And then biologist says, you can't say, here's humanity and here's nature. You are nature. You're inside what you're trying to look at. So Haya is what tells us that I am no different from the universe. I am no different from animals and plants and minerals and all of these, that we are all of us inside trying to understand ourselves. So we're not outside, objective, this is the way the world is. And so Haya is really this key for opening because it tells me that I can't stand outside the universe and tell you what the universe is. I can't separate myself from you and say, this is who you are. I have to say, you and I, we are all in this together. And I can't go in the front of the line in front of you. You have a right and I have a right. And if I break that, I should feel embarrassment. I sh you should embarrass me into making me feel that, why did I think I could be somebody special? So Haya tells me I'm inside this with the rest of us, and we're all of us trying to understand where we are and who we are. Another comment on Haya. It seems to me that Haya modesty is opposite. Some folks are too modest and some not enough. Yeah, see, the thing about uh, self-effacement and all that, is, which is so good, is that you have a right like everyone else, but it's not shame. See, the thing is, if I butt in front of a line, then that I shouldn't feel, I should feel embarrassed, but I shouldn't feel shame because I have a right, my body needs, I'm in a food line and I'm trying to get some food with other people. My body has a right to that food, so I shouldn't be ashamed for wanting to be in the front. But I should feel embarrassed that I should put my needs above someone else's needs. So it's so when you say that some people have too much modesty, what they're doing is they're not giving their own soul its right and her right. So each soul has a right, has an equal right. And I can't say I have more right than you, but nor should I say I have less right than you. And so that's the every soul has her right. Um, and then the first soul that we come to is our own soul. So we are good to our own soul, and then we're good to our next soul and to the next soul. And uh, Ibn Arabi always teaches us that, that your first neighbor is your own soul. 
So treat her well. And so this idea that, oh, I'm going to deny myself, I'm going to not get what I need, uh, that one is harmful to my first neighbor, who is my soul. Could you say any more about Muhammad saying, if I remember correctly, I don't see myself when I look inside, but you see me. So uh, I do not know what is in myself, but you do. So I do not know what is in myself. And this, the, 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 the sort of the first understanding of that is that I don't know what will happen to me. So this is the, the haya, the, the um, self-effacement that I can't tell you what's going to happen next. So I can't predict, I don't know what's going to happen next. And also it means I don't know what is in myself because I can't know God. Only God knows God, only God sees God. And so therefore I cannot see what is inside myself, but what is inside myself can see, and that's God sees God. In relation to what Sheikh said, it might be interesting to note that the only real entity is his face, i.e. wash, and the word tawadu, which is from the same root, means to focus attention on something, to give something a face. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, the tawadja is this facing towards. So Ibn Arabi says there's only three. There's huwiyat, there's tawadju, and there is kun. B. So there's the huia, there's the who, and then there's the tawajju facing, facing us to make us be, and then there's kun, make saying be, and we become. So waj is, is very, very important. And that the waj are all of us, and, and they will never be destroyed. And so, because Ibn Arabi says that Allah has never stopped looking at creation. And creation has not burnt out. Therefore, the wedge is the one that lasts and that will never be burnt out. Um, and so we are we are looked at every moment by the divine and we are not burnt out and we are not burnt to a crisp. We are under the watchful eye of the divine. And that's from back to the verse on the ark that we've set this ark off and we are and that ark is under our eye, under our eye and our, under our care. So this ark that we are on has been set and we're not out there on the ocean all alone. We are being set to move and under our eye. Can we make friends on each of the 14 Earths? Yeah, so this is what, yeah, and of course, this happens in the in the dream world. It happens in the other earths. Ibn Arabi says there are times when you go to an earth that you don't recognize. You don't know where you are. And then there are times when you do recognize where you are in these other earths. And then there are times when you're walking around this earth and you have deja vu and you say, I've seen this before because you have seen this before, but it was in another earth. And so deja vu can be an experience where what you have seen in another earth you remember it when you see something here. And so uh, Ibn Arabi goes to these places 
that's where he learns from Abu Madian. He didn't physically sit with Abu Madian ever. He, he sat with him in this other world. And that's where he would learn from him. And the poems that he has, Ibn Arabi's poems, were ones that he would, he would propagate in these other worlds. And someone would stand up in front of, they would all be around a campfire in the desert. Someone would stand up and say, here's a poem that came from Egypt 10 years ago. And he'll recite the poem that Ibn Arabi made 10 years ago while he was in Egypt. <laughs> um, will you please say more about how the ark is our body and also the alphabet, if I heard correctly. Right. So alpha, bet, the A, the B. The B is, is, the, is the bet, is the house, is the ark, is, the, is our body. And the aleph is what enlivens us. It comes into us, into the inside. So when, it, when we look at the imagery of breath, it's the breath from our Rahman that comes in and our breaths then, then go from there. Um, if it's the ink, it's the, the pen, takes the ink and draws the long ba, draws our body. And so the, the alphabet, the alphabetical understanding of our, the grammatical way of understanding ourselves is to see that we are vessels, arcs, boats, bodies, which are driven and initiated, driven and sustained by a divine aleph a divine A that keeps coming to us. So the, and the A is always invisible. The B is all we see. So Ibn Arabi tells that uh, he was in Andalusia, I think, and a, and a Jew came to him and said, oh, you Muslims, you know, all you're talking about, Tawheed. You have no oneness. Your book starts with B, Ba. And then Ibn Arabi turns around and says, but your book starts with a B also, Bereshit. <laughs> so the Torah starts with a B. So, uh, and Ibn Arabi said, and this is because nothing starts except from the second and the third. Nothing starts from one. So the one is, has no second. And so in Urdu you say, la sani, la sani, it has no second. Here's a one that has no second. There's no counting series. And then there's the two, which needs something else, the one plus the two to make three. And then the three takes off and goes. So our arc is the one, uh, which has no second. Then there's the second, which is uh, connected invisibly to the one, to the dot, and that one drives the ba, drives our arc forward. Um, will you clarify the significance of nine once again? So here was the, the nine places that the true meets uh, creation and the angel is created. Um, so this nine um, is is the is the the nine possibilities of how three waves and two points. Uh, so three goes this way, three goes this way, and then three can go this way. So three, 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 nine. So it's the the sum total of our experiences of meeting with the true. There are nine modes of meeting. And so these nine modes or nine angels are the ones that uh, that is a way that we, we can experience. So 
in limited ways, we can think about the frequency of our brain waves, so delta waves, theta waves, and we could have a number of waves that would give us these experiences when you're hyper, when you're intense, when you're soft, when you're quiet. And, and so you could have all of these things. Um, Ibn Arabi is saying that mathematically or geometrically, there are nine of these uh, modes um, of, of experience, how you experience. Well, we're right on time with our questions and answers. Thank you, Wonderful. you all so much. And thank you, Shuei. Wonderful as, as always, alhamdulillah. Thank you, alhamdulillah, Rablav. I mean, alhamdulillah. And thank you for everyone helping. Uh, we had uh, Klaus and Jana and, this, and both you singers. Thank you very much. It's wonderful. And uh, okay, so we'll see you next month, inshallah. So make sure you have the names on the chat if you need the the, the PDFs of the poem and the slides and so on. So, okay. <laughs>